This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So it's April 2020, and we're still in the shutdown phase of the coronavirus pandemic. We're also in earnings season with companies saying they have no visibility and most have withdrawn their guidance. So we're not really getting much from the companies themselves during earnings season. But I've still been listening in on the earnings conference calls because, um, you know, you still can get a, a sense of what's going on out there by listening in and just hearing how they're managing everything. And a lot of the ones that are happening right now during the, the start of the earnings season are mostly the large caps, the S&P 500 companies, Dow components, those types of companies are mainly the ones reporting right now. So those are a lot of the ones I've been listening to. And one of the themes that has stuck out in, in my mind while I'm listening is that the larger companies really do just have better access to capital. They have more resources. And so they're able to manage this crisis a lot better, I feel so far from listening in on the calls than a lot of the smaller companies are able to do. And as investors, we want to own companies that will survive through this. The whole point of investing is to be an owner. And when you're an owner, obviously you want good things to happen with your company and you want them to grow their earnings and their revenue so that the stock goes up and you uh, are able to cash in on that growth. So we want them to survive. It's not simply about the growth right now though. It can't be because survival mode is different than growth mode. So we just want them to get to the other side and then we'll see where we stand. So on April 17th, you may have seen an interview that Jason Zwig of the Wall Street Journal did with Charlie Munger. And I'm gonna link to it in the article for this podcast. And he, talked with him on the phone and asked him about, you know, what what he was doing during the crisis, what Berkshire Hathaway is doing, because we really haven't heard anything from Warren other than that Berkshire sold a bunch of Delta Airlines stock. But I feel like that was mainly just to get below the 10% threshold. Remember, Berkshire was a 10% shareholder of Delta and when you're a 10%, you have to report your trades in that stock in a different timeline than if you're just um, one of the like hedge fund investors in the stock, one of the manage the big management companies in the stock. So he doesn't get to wait 45 days necessarily to report trades in there if he's 10% or more. He has to do what the insiders do, and that's within 48 hours they have to report that trade. So interestingly or not maybe um a lot of that sale was to bring those shares just under the 10 percent so that they don't have to report it um, whenever they make a trade in it within the 48 hour or 48 hour time period they can wait until after the quarter like they will with all of their changes so that's just a little aside about the delta the Delta trade. Uh, but so other than that, we don't really know what Berkshire Hathaway was doing. So this was a good little phone interview that De- Jason Zwig did with, with Charlie, who is now 96, by the way. Um, and 
You might know Jason because uh, not only from his great writing in the Wall Street Journal, but he is the author who updated ben Benjamin Graham's Intelligent Investor for the modern era in 2005. Remember, Benjamin Graham has passed away by several decades now, so it was a much needed update to that book in 2005 with more updated examples of applying Benjamin Graham's uh, analysis with more modern day examples. So that's Jason's wig. So he kind of has like an in on a lot of the value plays here and the value scene. And so it's not surprising that he apparently has Charlie Munger's phone number and is able to call him and ask him what is going on. So what Munger said is worth repeating right now to all of us who are value investors, because um, I know all of us are thinking about you know, where can we find more value? Are there good deals out there? Should we be buying right now? So what he said was interesting and I did uh, manage to write it down. And um, I'm going to quote one of his quotes from the interview because it is very interesting um, take that I think will uh, maybe soothe some of you who feel like, oh, I haven't gotten the deals yet. So this is what he said. Um, when asked about getting the deals or what they were doing. He said, quote, well, I would say basically we're like the captain of a ship. And when the worst typhoon that's ever happened comes, we just want to get through the typhoon and we'd rather come out of it with a whole lot of liquidity. We're not playing, oh, goody, goody, everything's going to hell. Let's plunge 100% of the reserves into buying businesses. He went on to say, Warren wants to keep Berkshire safe for people who have 90% of their net worth invested in it. He also said, we're always going to be on the safe side. And then when asked by Jason whether or not CEOs are calling Berkshire, which has a ton of cash on hand and begging for money, he said, no, they aren't. And then he went on to say, people are frozen their playbook like the airlines for instance is the example he get he gave their playbook does not have this as a possibility this meaning the pandemic but that's true of us too right our playbook as value investors really is never assumed that there would be some kind of pandemic where all the businesses shut down or many of them and we have no idea what's happening with earnings and there's a massive recession that may only last you know six months or may not nobody knows but that's not in our playbook so what do we do when we have no idea about earnings how do we know if a company is a value i've talked about this on prior podcasts but i'm hitting it again because right now during earnings season it's becoming really really clear that nobody has any clue um so we really don't know how to value these companies by the classic definitions but um I thought I would try again anyways this week because it's really all we have to go by is uh, what the analysts are looking at, what the companies are saying on the conference calls, even though they're withdrawing all guidance, there's still people who know these businesses who are still trying to manage some kind of earnings outlook for them for this year and next year. So my advice really for value investors is to try to stick to the bigger companies who have the best chance of survival right now. I listened in on Chipotle's conference call 
now they're not even that big really um, compared to you know the big Goliaths like McDonald's on the restaurant side but they're much bigger obviously than a mom and pop type of like taco chain or something and they have access to like I said earlier the resources and cash and they have over a billion dollars in cash right now and they said on the call that that was enough to survive for more than a year and that's really what I want to hear right now as an investor um you know who's going to survive uh who's going to make it through like Munger was saying you, you're the captain of the ship this is a typhoon you're going through so that's true of your own portfolio that's true of these companies and that's who if I'm looking around for some deals I want to maybe hide out in right now as a value investor so that leads me to the big caps and where can I find a list of big caps that kind of reflect the economy and you know that I hope will survive well why not the Dow Jones right we all look at it the industrial average we all watch it and even though it's not as reflective as the S&P 500 it still has a lot of the big name big caps in there that I might want to know if I can get them cheap right so that the Dow Jones is 30 stocks and um, just an aside just a little caution Remember, just because they are in the Dow Jones doesn't mean they can't get kicked out and doesn't mean they can't go, uh, you know, under and various other things can happen. So there are, um, you know, some companies in there right now that don't have PEs because they are going to see negative earnings. And those included the energy companies, Chevron and Exxon are both in the Dow and Boeing is in the Dow, obviously. And it also does not have a PE right now. So just keep that in mind. Just because they're in the Dow doesn't mean they're a sure thing and they're going to survive. But we're going with it because that's all we have right here. Um, because there's no guarantees for any of these, really. And so we want the cheapest Dow stocks. Now, I intended to run a screen, but I ran into a little bit of difficulty with that because I just assumed, oh, of course we have some Dow screens set up. But I, I don't think we do. We have S&P 500. We have S&P 600 screens. We have a you know bunch of like just really cool screens, uh, value and growth, and just basically everything you could want. But I couldn't find a Dow screen, so I kind of had to make one up myself. There's only 30 components, so I ran all of the 30 for their PEs to get the PEs. I did not run a Zach's rank because I just wanted cheapness. They're all reporting earnings or just reported earnings. The um, Zach's rank is gonna be super volatile and a lot of them are gonna be bad Zach's rank right here because a lot of the earnings are just being cut. They just, they just are, that's what's gonna happen. I don't know who's gonna be the number ones when this is all settled. There will be some number ones because there always is. Um, and I'm gonna have to do a show on that when we get a little bit deeper into earnings season, like the cheapest number one stocks, because those are uh, real superstars there. If you're actually seeing earnings estimates revised higher during this pandemic and economic shutdown. So good for them. And there will be some, so we'll find them. But for this screen, I did not do anything with the Zach's rank, but I did manage to check it out in the stocks that are the cheapest. So I used forward PE here because that's mainly what we use at Zach's. And I like it because it's going to still be 
looking at 2020 right now, given the time of year we're in here in April, it's still going to be looking at the 2020. And that's what I want to know, like who's cheapest right now, even though we don't know for sure what 2020 even is going to be. Um, and remember, a lot of them haven't reported yet, uh, although several of these, the cheapest, it turns out, have actually reported. So that's interesting. But we're now getting all these um, earnings in. So the E is going to change. Some may be value traps because, again, a lot of the earnings are going to be cut, but some maybe not as badly as you might think either. So that is also interesting. And let's jump right into it because I keep giving away like some of the interesting things I, I discovered when I ran the screen. So the cheapest stocks aren't necessarily the ones you might think. I thought we'd find a lot of the financials, but no, um, not really. <laughs> not, not any of the cheapest five, and I'm going with the five here. Um, but the financials were down there on the list uh, towards the cheaper end, but not as cheap as these five. So we're going to start with, oh, let's do the most expensive of the cheapest five, and then I'll end up at the cheapest stock on the Dow right now. Okay, so that, uh, the most expensive of the cheapest is Verizon, ticker VZ. They are reporting this week, the week of uh, April 20th. And they're reporting on April 24th, so we haven't heard from them yet, but if you're listening to this a little bit later, they have reported now. So before the report, shares were down 5.5% year to date, so they have bounced off those lows. They were down as much as 18%. Some insiders actually bought in early March because uh, they saw that the shares had gotten cheaper there. So we'll see if they buy again after this earnings report. Uh, the PE, 4P, is just 11.7, so that's considerably cheaper than the S&P 500 here. And what's going on with their earnings? So this is before the report, 2020 expected to be up 0.8%. So still expected to see just a little bit of growth, but not really. Uh, they're looking for 485 versus 481 last year. But still, if you are in the middle of a pandemic and a recession is starting and you're able to basically do the same earnings you did the year before, more power to you. So um, we'll see if that holds. 2021 expected to be up just 3.3%. But again, um, things hopefully are turning around by 2021, but um, to still be doing what you were doing the last couple of years is a, maybe a good place to hang out. Uh, dividend yield, 4.3%. We don't know if they're going to continue to pay that, but that's what it's yielding right now. So that's Verizon VZ. And then coming right on its heels in cheapness is Intel, ticker INTC, 11.6 is their forward PE. So Verizon 11.7, Intel 11.6. They're also reporting this week, so we haven't heard from them. But year to date, the shares are basically flat. So that's pretty impressive. They had been down as much as 23%, but now flat because the semiconductors have rebounded and people are thinking that the situation just is not going to be that bad with the semis. So we will find out. Right now, the estimates are basically agreeing with that sentiment, at least. Uh, earnings expected to be down just 0.2% this year and then up another 1.1% in 2021. So that's basically flat. And this year looking for 486, last year was at 487. So same as last year, 
Um, is that good compared to the other semiconductors? Not really, but uh, compared to the overall market and if you're going into a recession and you have a global economic shutdown, I would say um, I'm liking it. They do pay a dividend, it's 2.3%. We don't know if that's gonna hold on or what's gonna happen with that because we're waiting for the report. So that's Intel INTC if you're looking for a cheap big cap on the tech side. Then we're going to switch over to insurance. You knew there had to be some insurers in here, right? Travelers, TRV, they have a PE of 10. So now we're getting a little cheaper here. PE of 10, shares are down 25.8% year to date. Uh, they took a big dive off those five-year highs recently. And so this looks a little bit more like a deal than some of the others. Um, Earnings expected to be up 5.2% this year, and they already have reported. So $10.10 versus $9.60 last year. Everybody needs insurance, right? You just do. Although they did warn that the premium volumes are going to be impacted for the rest of the year, certainly in the second quarter and the rest of the year, just because of the economic shutdowns and things happening. So... Um, still getting impacted, but maybe not as bad as other uh, companies in other industries. And the dividend yielding 3.2% right now, the company actually raised the dividend yield on this last earnings, raised it 3.7%. That's super impressive. Who's raising it during a pandemic? They didn't have to, but they did anyways. Uh, you might say they're crazy, or you might just say it's good management with the good cash flow and they know their business. Let's hope it's the second scenario, right? So it's yielding 3.2, that's travelers, TRV is the ticker. Okay, then we're gonna switch over to the fourth stock, IBM, ticker IBM. I know many of you hate it because it is a slow grower in the tech side, but maybe it's somewhere to hang out while everything else is kind of in chaos, right? So they already have reported as well. Um, 2020 earnings are expected to be down, but just 8.1%. It's not awful. It's not even double digits. They made 1281 last year, expected to make 1177. They did warn that a lot of their customers are seemingly now starting to hoard their cash. They're not purchasing um, in the big tech the enterprises so that could hit them later even in the year if it doesn't come back as much none of us know but for now down 8.1 uh next year rebounding up 10.4 so let's hope that scenario the more v-shaped recovery does happen shares are down 10.7 percent still year to date they are off their uh all-time lows during the pandemic uh sell-off but still down 10.7 and the dividend is now yielding 5.5% and they are paying it because they're just paying it out um, right now. Um, oh no, they, they haven't paid yet, but uh, they are paying that dividend from what I uh, understand. So IBM uh, place maybe to hang out, maybe. Um, and it's a Zach's number three. Oh, I didn't cover the Zach's rank on the others. They're all number threes, which is Zach's rank holds right now. And our fifth stock, this is the cheapest one on the Dow right now on a PE basis, is Walgreens Boots. I know you wouldn't have guessed that one. I wouldn't have either, but I have owned Walgreens Boots 
in my value investor portfolio, but we had to sell it because the growth was not there <laughs> and um, the shares were going nowhere. So WBA is the ticker. It still remains cheap. It's uh, trading with a, how come I didn't write that down? A forward P of 7.7 .7 only. So 7.7, .7, they have reported, um, they are expected to see earnings down just 7.7% this year from 2019. That's not so bad either, given what we're seeing out there in the economy. So looking for $5.53, and um, next year expected to make $5.95. They're on the fiscal, full year fiscal. So um, not so bad for Walgreens Boots. Their pharmacy side is still doing pretty good. One of the downers is that they might not be getting as much foot traffic. Well, we know they aren't in into the stores right now. They're doing a lot of delivery of the prescriptions. Um, I know I have gone there during the shutdown here in Chicago because um, secretly, if you want to know where there might be some toilet paper, yes, we're all still looking, or maybe some Kleenex if you need that, uh, some tissues, or maybe if you still need um, like uh, paper towels or that kind of stuff, go to the Walgreens because they do have restocked some of this and a lot of people aren't thinking about them as a place to get these items still. So I don't know about all of you, but I have had some success getting getting some of the key um, essentials at the Walgreens, even in terms of food, like that a lot of the Walgreens do carry like milk and eggs and things like that. Most of that has been restocked at the supermarkets now, but early on in the panic buying, I was able to buy some of the basic foods at the Walgreens um, and the CVSs actually as well. So keep that in mind. Um, but so things aren't, aren't quite so bad for Walgreens boots here and they are still paying the dividend. Um, it is uh, been, uh, agreed on by the board for this quarter. So that is yielding 4.3% right here, which isn't too shabby for your patients or just somewhere again to hide out. Shares are down 27% year to date. They've been down big over the last couple of years, which is why the value investor had been in them. Uh, but they're down further here on the sell-off. And even with the E being down slightly on the PE, they're still the cheapest in the Dow. So those are the five cheapest. Let's recap them. Verizon, VZ, Intel, INTC, Travelers, TRV, IBM is IBM, and then Walgreens Boots, WBA. Now I know you're wondering, well, that's all fun, but who's the most expensive ones in the Dow? Uh, it's not who you might think. I would have guessed maybe Microsoft, it's trading at 30 times, but no, it's, it wasn't them. And it's not even the second most, Microsoft isn't even the second most expensive. Nike is now trading at 32 times. The most expensive stock on the Dow right now on a PE basis is Disney. DIS is that ticker at 34 times. And um, Disney, the E is gonna get slammed badly over there. The shares have sold off, but not as much as you might think. So that's why you got the expensive PE because um, Wall Street and investors are still believers in Disney here, rightly so, um, with its great franchises and businesses. But that means that stock just isn't isn't cheap here on a PE basis on the actual earnings. Um, and neither is Nike or Microsoft. 
um, but the other five that I mentioned are on the cheap side, on the PE side. Now, again, I just want to confirm that we really don't know what the E is going to be. Even on some of these that have reported earnings, they've withdrawn guidance. And so we they don't even know how you know the next couple of quarters are going to be. It's still day by day. This next quarter, the second quarter of the calendar year is going to be just tough on everyone. Um, you know, both all of us who are um, you know managing to get through it and the businesses themselves. So keep that in mind when you're looking for value and keep Charlie Munger's advice in mind um, because over at Berkshire Hathaway, apparently they're just trying to get through the typhoon. All businesses are trying to get through it. Uh, Berkshire, remember, owns a lot of their businesses that have got to be seeing uh, big impacts as well from um, the shutdowns and everything else going on. So um, we're all just trying to get through it, but we're trying to do it while finding some value stocks out there and getting some deals or bargains or cheap stocks, places to hide out in while we wait for the economy to turn around and resume its growth, which it will. Um, it always does. So again, let me repeat the tickers again. We had Verizon, VZ, Intel, INTC, Travelers, TRV, IBM is IBM, Walgreens Boots, WBA. I mentioned Disney, DIS, Microsoft is MSFT, and Nike, NKE. And as always, I'm bringing you podcasts every week from my dining room here in Chicago. So you don't want to miss a single one. We're going to cover everything as we go into the recovery, and that's going to be a good time. Um, so we want to uh, be paying attention to our investments, and I'm going to be bringing you value stocks every week. So you can get us on Spotify. I just looked at our numbers over there, and I see a lot of you are now getting us on Spotify, and a lot are on um, Apple Podcasts, and we are in two-for-one with the Zach's Market Edge, which is also still being uh, broadcast every week as well during all of this. So get two-for-one shows over on SoundCloud under the Zach's Market Edge name, but be sure to get us somewhere so you don't miss a single episode. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stacks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.